This is One in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 59 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and this morning I'm speaking with Art Pritchard, who is a member of the Rhinebeck Masonic Lodge. He is a Freemason and he has joined us this morning. Thank you so much, Art. Good morning. Good morning and thank you for inviting me to share with you. Uh, it's my pleasure and I've also had the pleasure of meeting you in person and um, and, and collaborating with you on, on a project, which we're going to get into in a little bit. But uh, first, I think that it would be really helpful if you wouldn't mind talking to us and, and explaining um, both what a Freemason is and also sort of what it's been like and how long you've been involved in the Rhinebeck Masonic Lodge. Sure. It's always a joy to talk about Freemasonry. Uh, Freemasonry is, is a social fraternity, basically. It can trace its roots back to 1717 in England, where several lodges uh, became one. And then from that single Grand Lodge, lodges sprouted up throughout the world. And and frankly, the Freemasonry uh, traces its roots back further into the Middle Ages and connects with uh, operative Masons who were uh, among the few people who could move from city to city uh, because of their talents with respect to uh, building cathedrals. And we understand that they would live in, in uh, inns or lodges while they were away from home on these, uh, and while they were building these uh, uh, cathedrals. And since these inns were open to others, they made friendships with, you know, lawyers and doctors and other people who would frequent these places. And this was at a time in England when, when many people were questioning, the, you know, the, the order of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, the symbols that we have in Freemasonry, which relate to our value system, can be traced to uh, the tools that operative Masons used. For example, the square is a very important symbol for us because it relates to truth. The um, compass is very important because it it relates to us being able to uh, uh, curb our desires, if you will, and to live within good limits of interaction with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so speculative masonry grew out of operative masonry back during the uh, 16th or 17th century and then formalized in the 18th century. It's been here in the United States and in New York State uh, since pre-revolutionary days. The Rhinebeck Lodge is the in its third iteration, if you will. It started shortly after the revolution and then uh, for for reasons I'm not aware of, uh, ceased to exist, hmm. uh, then started up again and ceased to exist, and then finally in 1859 organized and has been active since. Uh, Masons, Freemasons basically have three requirements. One is to believe in God. The other is to be uh, committed to community service. And then the third is to be committed to self-improvement and growth. And that's basically the essence of what we are in in Rhinebeck. We have in our lodge four members, four brothers, who have members in their families on the spectrum. And so when we learned that the uh, village had organized uh, a project with the Anderson Center, we clamored to be a part of that and are still very much interested in 
and what we can do to support the effort in our community. Thank you for the overview. That yep. is, um, it's funny, in all the years that I've been alive, or maybe not alive, but definitely since I first heard about uh, Masonic Lodges and Freemasons, I have always really wanted to understand the history. So you're the first person that I guess I've found the ability to ask that question of. <laughs> and uh, so I got a little history lesson just now, and it's, I find it fascinating. One thing I definitely didn't know was how, how far back in history it goes. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of people like me out there listening who you just educated in a really fantastic way. Way. So thank you again for that. So my pleasure. I I gave you a tour, I think, of Anderson Center for Autism when uh, in the early stages of this this uh, collaboration when Rhinebeck started working with Anderson Center for Autism to turn Rhinebeck into the first autism supportive community that we are aware of, at least in the region and, and possibly the state. And by that designation, it really means that the village of Rhinebeck, which is a beautiful, old, historic and really welcoming village, uh, walk, walkable village just north of uh, Poughkeepsie and Hyde Park, New York. Basically, the members of the village uh, government and also the business community and uh, and definitely the entire uh, group of Freemasons at the Rhinebeck Masonic Lodge um, embraced the idea of becoming formally autism supportive, which for a community was kind of new. Um, Anderson had been working on with many individual businesses in the area on becoming an autism supportive environment um, and, and then uh, uh, started this work with the village, and I, we've completed phase one of hopefully uh, multiple phases, which included uh, educational forums, open forums, uh, Q and A sessions, uh, training opportunities, and then of course businesses signing on to quote or hashtag. I should say do one thing. I'm not a hashtagger, but I know that I'm supposed to throw that out there, which was really the um, <laughs> the focus of, of all it really takes is choosing to do one thing that will help your business be more autism friendly and, and aware because so many people in our village and throughout the world are uh, living with or loving somebody on the autism spectrum. So it just made a tremendous amount of sense. And I know that you came to Anderson early on in that moment of you guys, you said you, you sort of were really scrambling and eager to, um, to become a part of this. So can you talk to us a little bit about what, what were some of the things that you've done at the Masonic Lodge um, so far in your efforts to help? Because I know that you've made a significant impact in, in this initiative. Well, I appreciate your, your comment on that. We, I think our, our first step after recognizing the possibilities of supporting folks with autism in our lodge came with an invitation to have people from your center come and talk with us about it uh, to give us a sense of you know the kind of presentation uh, that you give in businesses uh, that help people help them to understand uh, what they can do to make the uh, to make their environments uh, more um, acceptable and easy to work in for families with members on the spectrum. We at the same time, because we have members in the lodge with family members on the spectrum, wanted to wanted to um, get involved with practical ways to support families. And, and part of our approach was to talk with our, among our own brothers about what would be helpful. And uh, I think we all agreed that being a part of a community where 
uh, autism is is uh, not something on the back burner, but something people are aware of made sense. Mm-hmm. And so we could contribute our service. And what we basically did was to offer to uh, provide uh, fundraising support through uh, organizing a community dinner. Mm-hmm. And in that, we were able to um, uh, invite participation from a number of uh, organizations businesses and so on that would uh, support a silent auction. So, for example, we had 35 items contributed, that is 35 members, businesses, restaurants uh, in the community offered up items for the uh, for the auction. And so did members of the Masonic community beyond Rhinebeck, well, including Rhinebeck, but Ooh. beyond as well. well that's lovely. So, we, yeah. So we had the dinner. We raised, uh, I think, $2,500, and uh, we're pleased with that effort and also the effort to involve the opportunity to introduce ourselves or reintroduce ourselves to the community. Because as you pointed out earlier in your comments, this uh, the Masonic was new to you, and it's basically, um, you know, we're the silent fraternity, and, and oftentimes we don't make a fuss about who we are and what we do it's uh but we do continue to work uh for the causes that we believe in well i think that it was it was it was important that you came out and did that i also recall and you and i had a lovely conversation when you came to anderson which i do appreciate because you know i remember you wanting to very eager to learn more about autism and see what we were doing but i also remember being in the room in rhinebeck during the first sort of open forum meeting that that was held mayor gary bassett was there you were there members of the community were there um some committee members were there some members of the anderson community were there and you you stood up and spoke. Um, was, I think it was the first time I met you, and your your sincerity and genuineness over wanting to get involved and really having an understanding about probably the the, the areas where you felt the lodge could make the biggest impact still stand out to me. And I think it, it's always helpful for people, especially people uh, raising families in communities like Rhinebeck, which are just these sweet, small, very connected, um, very supported communities, but also. Um, a community that has a significant tourism aspect because Rhinebeck has a lot to offer people from outside of the area culturally and, and uh, in other ways. It was just a really excellent showing of, um, of the kind of the, the, the people who, who live there and, and who want to want to join in the efforts to continue to make this impact for what now is one in 59 children born in the United States who are going to be uh, diagnosed on the autism spectrum. So you think about it from a numbers perspective, the impact you're making is is enormous and very needed both in Rhinebeck and, and our hope is that other communities will follow suit. Art, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to get into exactly why you chose fundraising as your main focus and also why fundraising is so important to this initiative. Uh, this is one and 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. If you live, work, or frequently visit the Hudson Valley, you've probably passed by the sign for Anderson Center for Autism countless times. Have you ever wondered what our award-winning educational and residential program is all about? Well, let me shed some light. Ours is a place where evidence-based practices marry creative solutions, where students with autism learn how to communicate using whatever modality works best for them, where they learn independent living and vocational skills in nurturing environments. 
where their families enjoy visits full of special moments, where professionals come from all corners of the globe to obtain high-level training, where staff build rewarding careers, and where people develop lifelong connections. Learn more about our work optimizing the quality of life for people with autism by visiting us online at andersoncenterforautism.org. That's andersoncenterforautism.org. Or schedule a tour by calling us today at 845-889-4034. 845-889-4034. Welcome back to 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning I'm speaking with Art Pritchard, who is a member of the Rhinebeck Masonic Lodge. He is a Freemason, and we have been talking about the uh, collaboration between Anderson Center for Autism and the village of Rhinebeck, New York, as uh, the village has become the first autism supportive community that we are aware of in our region and possibly New York State and uh, and talking about what uh, sort of the history of, of Freemasonry and, and the Masonic Lodge. So thank you for that earlier and what you've contributed so far from a fundraising and awareness perspective to this initiative. So Art, let me start by saying thank you again for what you and all of the brothers in Rhinebeck have done thus far. It's, my, it's our pleasure indeed. So, and we hope we can do more. Well, we hope so too. Um, on that note, let's just touch briefly on, um, you gave a, an example of a dinner and a silent auction that you held, I think back in May of this year, and that was an effort towards fundraising, which was quite successful. You raised $2,500 towards the the needed funding for this initiative. Big picture, we uh, Anderson was able to win a $10,000 grant from the Thomas Thompson Trust in order to get the ball rolling on this project, um, which I had said earlier is we've completed phase one, and where there is a phase one, there are often multiple phases. So we would very much uh, like to get going on phase two, which would be a new round of educational forums and and getting more businesses to jump on board with uh, the Do One Thing initiative. And you're um, eager to help continue to fundraise on on that behalf. This time, the Thomas Thompson Trust has come back with us saying that they would like to continue funding, but they've challenged us to raise money to match the funds that they are interested in also providing. So this is a, a call out to our community, to our listenership, to consider making a donation uh, specifically towards the match for phase two of the Rhinebeck Autism Supportive Community Project. What are, what are you thinking at the Lodge about um, continuing your involvement in that capacity? Well, we, we plan another dinner, and uh, uh, it might be pointed out that when we ran the dinner in, in May, we had uh, competition with the uh, Rhinebeck uh, Science Foundation. Yep. Stiff <laughs> they competition. Had an event that <laughs> night for, they had an event that night for 400 uh, people. Yeah. Uh, so we think that if we uh, organize an event on an evening when we're not competing, uh, we'll have a better chance of bringing in a larger crowd. Uh, we offered the uh, first dinner at the uh, parish hall of the Messiah, Church of the Messiah, and they they were extremely supportive in helping us uh, with the with the site. Might be noted too that our chef is at the Culinary Institute, mm. and um, the meal that he presented. Uh, drew rave reviews. I and, heard. I and, heard the uh, rave review, reviews myself. Yes, he's willing to. He's certainly willing to do it again. So fantastic. My thought is that uh, in the early spring, as soon as we can hope that 
the roads won't be clogged with snow. We'll do it again, and hopefully uh, without competition and with uh, perhaps even the support of, of uh, those who were involved in the Science Foundation activity, uh, we could bring in a larger crowd. We fed, I think, 80 people. We could feed easily 150, and that's a combination of takeout meals as well as eating at the site. And then um, if we draw, again, support from community members in doing the silent auction, that'll that'll be a, a, an even more fun event than it was the first time around, because you can imagine if you had 120 people in an audience uh, looking at the various offers uh, in um, silent auction, the bidding would probably be higher. I also wanted to say that a number of the contributions for the um, silent auction were from Masons, and Masons from several different uh, communities in the Mid-Hudson area came to the dinner to offer their support, which is traditional. I mean, if we have a dinner in Rhinebeck, we can expect people from Socrates and Wappingers and Hmm. Poughkeepsie and so on. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, oh, a quarter to a third of the people who came to the dinner actually were Masonic brothers and their wives. It's, you know, it's part of what we do quietly. We support things by going to events and contributing to those events, either by offering up something for the uh, silent auction or purchasing items <laughs> that are available there at the silent auction. I think of the 13 items that were valued at $100 or more, uh, 11 of them were purchased by Masons. Well, that's amazing so support the, and truly the definition of a brotherhood and a fraternity. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's basically that's. And then I wanted to we, we're hopeful. We know that you have a major event coming in the spring. Yes. And we're quite hopeful that we can be a part of that and its design and even carrying out because we do have uh, strong relationships with a number of the other lodges in the mid Hudson Valley. Um, and the hope is that we can bring we can attract teams of walkers if you will, to come to that event. But we can talk about that later and perhaps future 1 in 59 program get into the details of that. Absolutely. And thank you for that. You're referencing the uh, Autism Community Field Day, which is going to be on April 18th, 2020 at the uh, Dutchess County Fairgrounds, also in Rhinebeck, in the village of Rhinebeck. And so, yes, we'll talk offline and maybe have you back on for another show to talk about what you're going to do there. But that sounds amazing. The I want to go back to the dinner and just remind people that as we get closer to early spring, Spring. You know, stay tuned to Anderson's radio commercials. Follow us on social media. You will hear and see things uh, promoting the um, Rhinebeck Masonic Lodge's dinner to support the Rhinebeck uh, Autism Supportive Community Project. And so um, we'd love to see people there. And, you know, Art, you and I have at least one other thing in common, which is that we're both fundraisers and we understand how, especially how silent auctions work. And a bidding war, one of the things that you look forward to, you want um, some healthy competition when it it comes to uh, raising those bid prices. And um, not only do you uh, want that, but you also want as many uh, different types of items uh, out there on the tables because ideally you, there's something that really is, it, it becomes that sort of, I can't go home without this item for at least one or two people in the room. So I just want to, uh, I, I think you join me in um, encouraging anybody listening who has, uh, you know, who, who makes things, you know, maybe is 
is an artisan or maybe has a business, can give out a gift certificate, can um, give out a maybe a, a gift certificate for a meal or a service. We would be welcoming of any of those types of items for this event if you're interested in Village of Rhinebeck's Autism Supportive Community Project. And just for the last couple of minutes, um, Art, I, I don't know if there was more you wanted to talk about regarding the um, statewide initiatives or statewide things going on with the Masonic Lodges. And, and also, I'd love to just hear something from you about what what it means to you personally to have Rhinebeck becoming an autism supportive community. All right, I'll take the first first and then I'll finish with the last mm-hmm. second. Masons across the state of New York are, are organized into local lodges, and there are 20 of them in the Mid-Hudson area. These lodges are then part of a district, so we're in the Mid-Hudson district, and then the, there are something on the order of uh, 55 or 60 districts throughout the state. It turns out that the district deputy for Duchess District has a grandchild who's on the spectrum, and so for him, it's personal. Mm -hmm. I know that there are masons in lodges, for example, in Highland and Mm -hmm. in other communities in our area who have children on the spectrum. At the state level, at the Masonic Research Institute at Utica, we have an initiative uh, for autism support going a research in, in genetics. And the lodge, the Grand Lodge, has put up a $50,000 challenge uh, to uh, support that effort. And we in the Mid-Hudson Valley have given at lodge levels. For example, we made a contribution from Rhinebeck. And we plan, uh, we, we have every year a charity ball, and the proceeds from the charity ball this year will go also toward that challenge. Turns out that the uh, state person in charge of it has two grandchildren on the spectrum. Mm. So we're hopeful that uh, we'll make a difference not only at the local level, but also, I guess, at the international level of when the research comes uh, comes through. Mm. But more than that, since we are organized in lodges throughout the state, there's no reason why we can't expand the successes we've had in the Rhinebeck community with other communities through Masonic support. So I've been working on a number of my key pals in other communities, in Highland and Socrates, for example, to participate. And that's why the April activity is so important, because we'll bring groups of Masons here to be a part of that, and they'll get a sense of it and then hopefully carry it on to their community. So we're very much hopeful that we can make a difference, not only in the Rhinebeck community, but in other communities, at least in the Mid-Hudson Valley. Well, I'm so glad to hear that, because that's what that event is really about, is bringing the entire community together to recognize that it's it's not about, you know, focusing always on the quote-unquote autism community. We are all together a community, and I love that. I love that. Well, I, I'll do the last part now if I can. You know, Absolutely. you asked about uh, my personal thoughts, and they go back to when I was a Board of Education member in Hyde Park. Actually, I've been in Hyde Park and on the board in Rhinebeck, too. But while I was on the board in uh, Hyde Park, I worked with a wonderful man who was the superintendent, Ernest Canova. And you you may recall uh, Garrison Keillor's programs, uh, the Prairie Home Companion, yes. and all the children above average. Yep. Well, Ernie and I both believed that we were that we were alive to support the other kids, the ones who were not above average, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I know that the um, many of the kids who are on the spectrum are very very bright. But my point is that we want to make sure that every person, every child has the right to grow and reaches or her full potential. 
So that's why I'm in it. Well, thank you very much for all you've done throughout your career and your focus on children and community. It's really inspiring and beautiful, and um, I feel honored to know you and to be able to work on you, work with you on this collaboration. So, Art Pritchard from representing the Rhinebeck Masonic Lodge and uh, Freemasons throughout New York State. Thank you for everything that you're doing, and it was a pleasure having you on the show today. My pleasure, and look forward to seeing you in the near future. Thank you, Art. This is One in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to One in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week. 